Hello and welcome to Earth and Turn Barrow, episode number 15. Today, um, Alex is away in Japan on his honeymoon, so I'm joined today with my friend Maria Craig, who's a local documentary maker. Hi, Maria. Hi there, Callum. I'm really happy to step in for uh, Alex tonight in this lovely interview. And we're joined by Sarah Evans and Damian Papan. And they're both musicians of the band Karida. Karida? Karida. Karida. And they're performing a show tomorrow, Nettel and I, with Laura Pissetti. Can you tell us what's special about the music that you perform? <laughs> Thank you very much for this invitation. <laughs> So yeah, the music, we're going to hear music that's um, coming from uh, the electric activity of plants and here in this play from uh, nettles. So the music of plants is, um, it's actually a device that uh, was um, made about 20 years ago by an engineer in Damanua community, eco-village. And uh, it um, picks up on electric activity on the surface of a leaf and in the roots. And so the device will calculate like the difference of potential between these two points, these two informations, and will transcode it into notes. And these notes are then we we choose uh, the kind of sound we're gonna hear. So uh, we could like have a sound of a guitar or a piano or um, a percussion or something. Um, and for the for the nettle, we've we've chosen flute, like uh, different flutes. And so the what's really interesting when you listen to the music of plants is to notice the the rhythm and the way the melody is constructed because there's kind of a different melody to each plant. It's like they've got their own signature in a way. So um, yeah, so it's it's really it's a fascinating um, field. <laughs> I mean, before you'd come to the Fintorn 60th anniversary last year, I hadn't seen anything like that in my entire life. And I was completely mind blown by it. And I do remember one particular moment, you were performing at the site of the former community centre and you attached your sensors to a tree there. And then the tree started making music and then you were performing with the tree. And then everyone started singing and dancing with the tree. And I've always, throughout my whole life, felt trees to be very alive. And so do people in my family as well. And we've had quite a lot of powerful experiences with trees. But to see so many people at once have like such a tangible experience with a tree, it was just a moment of really great emotion. It's a really amazing thing that you're both doing. Yeah, I mean, it is it is um, really special because all of a sudden we think plants are silent, but all of a sudden we're hearing something coming from the plant. Um, I all really believe that uh, we can connect to nature and trees without this device as well. But the fact that we're hearing something, it, it you know, it touches our, our senses. So it's, it's really powerful for sure. And also to hear how the plant interacts live, like directly in synchro, in synchrone, you know, like synchronicity with their environment. That's so moving. 
so yeah. <laughs> I think it's and have you noticed um, like huge differences in the signature from the plant in very different environments? For instance, if you were in a, um, a smoky or dark or um, stuffy environment as opposed to a nice sunny bright environment, do, do the plants respond differently? Plants, yeah, they, re they respond. Well, what we're hearing is a kind of mirror image of what's going on for the plant. So it's our environment, basically. If the plant is uh, happy in its environment, we'll hear music already. Because if it's not happy, it cannot make any music at all. I mean, it can just not, the, the electricity won't go through to the device, you know. Yeah, if the plant is feeling a little bit um, poorly, it's like a, it's got a bug or something that's not, um, it's it's not in health. It's not healthy. Well, um, uh, it also influences the music. Like we, it also makes the electricity, the vitality of the plant go down. So obviously, we hear that in the music. So environments do completely. Um, uh, change the music. And if like a plant that really likes sunshine as there's in the sunshine, we'll hear lots of uh, sound. But if it's a plant that doesn't like being in bright sunshine, it will probably not make any sound at all. And does that, is that the same thing for the way it responds to humans? If it, um, if you were in a really good mood or a bright mood, does it, does the plant respond positively to that? So does it pick up your moods? Yeah, it does um, definitely pick up on everything that's going on in the environment. So um, our moods, when we play, it's a thing of being really uh, relaxed and centered and you sort of go into a, an area, you know, a... Um, I don't know how to put the words on it, but um, it's a it's a special feeling anyway to to really connect, you know. And if someone comes in, we're playing music of plants, and all of a sudden someone comes in. There's a new person. There's a new vibe, a new mood. Mm. The plant stops. Twenty seconds for twenty seconds, and she starts again. <laughs> so it's really it's really interesting to see how yeah they're they're really uh, alert of what's going on, and um, and if there's a like a really really heavy mood something's just happened in the room I don't know something not very or outside I mean it can be outside like a danger if there's something really a big danger for the plant or for something around this will also influence the music. The, the plant can stop or um, it can start doing very um, staccato kind of sounds. The more we listen to the plant of music, plant music, the more we realize it's like a language and we're learning to de decoder, like to code if, decode the language, you know? So if a, if a plant um, need uh, water, we can hear it. Mm. Yeah. And uh, if a plant uh, need um, to change a pot, also, mm. yeah, it's a, a kind of a way to li if we listen to every day and every day, and we st we learn everything. We learn a lot about. about. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> I have a question for you, Damian. So you were talking. So before we started recording this podcast. You were talking in the kitchen about some of your ancestors. So you talked about how you had an ancestor who was really instrumental in bringing about the steam engine. 
and then another ancestor who was instrumental in bringing about um they were like speedboats so i wonder if they have any inspiration for you because both of you what you're doing really seems to be on the forefront of something like breaking new ground and something that not many people have done before and definitely not before this time in history so that sort of spirit of innovation with technology is it something that you've taken some inspiration from from your ancestors I think uh, the inspiration uh, really come from um, both with Sarah and because we it's like we we already playing together for a long time and we when we discover uh, this relation we can hear it with the plants it's like um, so we are, we're just learning how to and we're still learning. So there's a lot of learn to do, mm, and uh, yeah, and I think there's a lot of. It's like um, people do it, did it like uh, hundreds of years ago. They they know how to speak to to the plants. Mm. They know this is a for me. This is not new. It's just ah, a, like a it's, it's just a, a leg. Okay. This uh, device is just a leg. Mm. Um, I don't know how to say that uh, expression. Yeah, it's just helping. Uh, no, it's not helping. It's just... Um, uh, yeah, helping. Yeah. Uh, it's, helping uh, to connect. Yeah, it's helping to connect. Mm -hmm. So Because we used to do it without the device before. Mm -hmm. So with the device, it's like... Uh, everything on the table mm. yeah and it's a it's always a loan a learning process like you said um because obviously it's breaking grounds i'd say the actual um device is breaking grounds when they they built it 20 years ago uh those engineers but then I suppose um, the plant, it was interesting because the plant wasn't responding so much to this device. There was only very few sounds right at the beginning. And the more uh, the plants were plugged in and listened, or I mean, had that music in the environment, the more the plants were making sounds. And now we have really amazing melodies. It's the same mm -hmm. device, you know? So that's incredible, the evolution that plants have done in mm -hmm. those 20 plants years. Responding differently now to the same exactly. And then uh, we also like um, no, was it? Yeah, because we we work uh, with a team in France, and so um, uh, we learn a lot with them. And uh, it's like a, a guy, a man called Jean Toby from south of France. He, he teach uh, a lot how to. Oh, we we started to to build something. And uh, so, because we can't we can't be together all the time, we like to build uh, together with Sarah. Now. Build, you mean build, like uh, build uh, this, uh, this relation, yeah, relation with, with, the, with the plant? Mm. Yes, it's really about uh, this relation. If, if it's the same when uh, I think maybe here in Finland, when you 
put a seed in the in the earth to have some uh, in the earth, yeah. in the earth to have some salad to veg and if you do it in a good uh, in a good way in a good vibration in a good vibration good you will feeling. have a lot everything will grow and if you mm. like not a good day but you do it because you have to do it uh, I think maybe half of it you grow mm. doesn't yeah. grow and half uh, grows uh, yeah, yeah exactly and um, I was going to say the the thing that hasn't been done too much is to interact live with the music of plants because we've been listening to music of plants over these years but like interacting with musical instruments that's something quite new and to see how they respond it's it's really yeah. that's something really new and and um and it's like they're teaching us through these these melodies so many things about their environment their how they perceive their environment what's going on around you know it's it's yeah it's amazing mm. so I remember you telling me about um, this annual conference that happens in France once a year uh, where many people come together, scientists and people who are interested in the music of plants. Could you say a bit more about that? Because I found that very interesting. Yeah, so like Damien was talking about Jean Toby, he's a nursery, uh, plant nursery um, specialist mm -hmm. in camellias. And uh, so he's been working with the device for a while and he was, he, he just thought incredible. How come my plants are, are doing so much, so many more flowers and are looking so healthy since I'm um, listening to the music of plants in, in the place where the plants grow, you know? And so uh, he thought, oh, I'd better get some friends, some good scientists that know a lot about uh, plants and how it all kind of works and see if we could study this, you know, mm. a bit more deeply. And uh, with the incredible discoveries they did, they thought, okay, we've got to do conferences and talk about this because so the, the, their first festival, international festival of the music of plants was in 2017. And... Uh, They've been inviting different scientists that are working on the, um, the significance, the, the plant life, the intricate um, communication between plants, all these things, and the, how the music influences plants as well. So it's been, um, yeah, uh, evolving festival. Like it started small, but now it's getting bigger and bigger and more and more people are participating and people from outside of France as well. His scientific team is not only French people, it's also Italian, uh, people from Belgium, Switzerland. It's a, it's a very um, balanced um, team. It's really, yeah, mm. it's interesting. So what would be the purpose um, of all these scientists coming together to study the, uh, the music of plants? Do they have a kind of aim for that? So do they have an aim there? It's it went from a curiosity of to understand better the how come plants are responding this way through um, the music of plants, and I think it's also so that a larger um, amount of people, you know, to touch people uh, in a different way than just talking about it. If there's scientific proof, a lot of people in France approve it if there's no scientific proof they just don't believe it you know they'd say well this is a recording this is not possible um 
So they really wanted to make it very accessible for anybody, you know. And so the the protocols. I mean, they've they they've really done very scientific uh, work because protocols are very long and uh, very precise, and they've done all that work to prove some amazing things around around this music of plants. Mm. In your own life, did you both already have close relationships with plants before you came across this technology? So were you already interacting with the plants on a deeper level than other people before the technology or did the technology bring you a lot closer to the plants? Yeah, before you, you, we used... Fleur de note. Yeah, we have a, a, a show or a performance called A Fleur de Note. It's like a, like a fleur de peau, what do you say? No, I don't know. It's like we say we say in French a fleur de peau. It's like oh, and we we called it uh, a fleur de note, like a flower of uh, notes, flower of note. Yeah, and uh, so it's big uh, macro pictures, and we we have a, we we took photos like this, and we 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 wanted to have the inspiration of the of the sacré geometry of the plant. When you, when we play, so we we looking at uh, this movie, this photo movie, and uh, we play yes, with this all this photo, and we do a concert gig like this, we do the gig. and uh, it was really amazing, mm. the the result. the the result, the feeling, we yes, and um, the inspiration yeah. is very. Um, it, it was like uh, between improvisation and worked mm. music, but uh, because the um, the colors and the and the flowers were inspiring us while we were playing, there was nothing that was written. You know, it was really like a spontaneous performance, a bit what we're doing now with the mm. plants. So we were already really inspired by nature, inspired by the um, the colors, the the atmosphere, we would often go into nature to play, you know, like even if we have big instruments, the harp and the double bass, <laughs> but we love going into into special places where there's that energy or you feel you're not on your own in the middle of the nature. <laughs> So it was like you're already collaborating with them even before you heard their music for your ears. You heard their music in a different way before. For sure. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Really very um, deeply, yeah, deeply connected to... It's not only plants, you know, it's like nature, everything, the water, the soil, these spaces, yeah, it's always been inspiring. Mm. And did you have influences in your childhood that um, that drew you to this kind of work? Music of plants? No, just influences in your childhood. You know, what influenced you when you were young? Well, for myself, I I grew up in the countryside, so I'm very, very close already to, um, yeah, to the nature. And then... Um, I used to listen, my parents listened a lot to uh, uh, traditional Irish music and Scottish music. And so I was really bathed in also the folklore around, uh, you know, um, everything. Nothing, there isn't only the reality that we they tell you there is, you know, there's something else that exists. And, um, and through traditional music as well, I've been very very uh, influenced by, by traditional music, for sure. 
uh, I really like to play um, like with this. With just one one flower, you can make like maybe fifty album mm -hmm. because there's so much, so much to do, so much mm -hmm. to. It's really inspiring, inspiring. Yes. And I believe your mom also plays the harp. Yeah, Alison, my mom, she um, is actually, uh, she's a very good musician playing flute, like Irish music, but uh, then she was drawn to the harp, but she's a music instrument maker, she's a luthier, and uh, someone asked her to make a harp one day, and she was like, yeah, why not, let's have a try, and then she just got completely passionate about it, and she started to learn to play the harp, uh, to, to, yeah, she played the harp. And um, over the years, um, I was seeing harps at home. I was like, yeah, beautiful instrument. I was drawn to play it. And then um, I thought, well, I should make my own harp as well. And so she taught me to make my own harp, my first harp. And now I'm working uh, in the workshop with, uh, with her and also on my own making harps because I, I find it so wonderful to go from a tree, from a living tree to... These, um, you know, it's like it has a second life after being a tree. It will become an instrument, and I follow that process, and it's so it's so beautiful until the first note re resonates, you know. Um, and so, we, yeah, it's it's a lovely process to make harps. So, yeah. <laughs> and what's your highest dream um, in sharing your work with plants, music of the plants, with others, people around the world or around Europe? I think it's uh, to bring this uh, more attention to nature and to just open up to the possibility of really interacting with nature in any way, even if without this device, it's just opening up to the to the to all life, basically. You know, life with a big L, and um, because. Everything's to do with relations, you know, and plants want to relate with us, but we've kind of forgotten that that is actually possible and we don't need these devices. They're just helping us a little bit to remind us that we remember it's possible. And so it's, um, uh, I think that's, it's it's really that is to to receive the wisdom, wisdom from nature and to um, be more attentive, more caring. Mm. <laughs> and what about the uh, this lovely play that you're involved in with Laura? Can you say a bit more about that? How you became involved and what what your part is in the play, and are you enjoying it? And what's the aims for this play? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a really special moment. We are um, we are living at the right now in Finhorn. Um, when I met Laura last year, she told me about her relationship with a nettle. Um, she kind of um, just uh, felt that the nettle was telling her things, and um, the things she shared with me were exactly the things that I have learnt by playing music of plants. And we were really surprised to see that they were saying the same things in a way. She had her way of communicating with the nettle and we had our way of understanding the language of the music of plants. And we're like coming to the same conclusions and they're saying the same things, same messages, you know? So that was amazing. And um, so she, we just thought, 
we maybe we could do something together and she had she wrote this play inspired completely inspired by what Nettle was telling her and uh and so the it seemed just to fit perfectly to do the music of plants the music of a nettle interacting with musicians live and the play at the same time so it's one human actor um interacting with the nettle and we are kind of part of the the nettle by interacting with the nettle musically and this week has been incredible because the nettle's been so um reactive like it's reacted in to every word that was said um it surprised us so many times and confirming as well things that the that the play would say you know and the whole process of creating it's been very very um beautiful it's like we're not just uh us three humans there's really a third being there we are four uh on stage it's very special how does the music and messages of nettles compare to the music and messages of other plants um well it's very specific that's a like i said that's a difficult question because it's very broad you know um like i was saying at the beginning it's it depends so much on the environment so if there's a like um i couldn't say the ivy always has the same message or the nettle has one message it's really to do with what's going on right now in their environment so it's like a mirror image of of um us all of us them how they are going how are the plants going and what's going around or what's going on around them which is the humans that are moving around and that's that's really special it sort of brings us to to um, you know how the mirror effect makes you look at yourself in a way so it's a thing of the plants are also making you be more conscious about your inner self, where your position, where where you're at, and how you're relating to the outside. So it's like um, an enseignant, um, a, a teacher. It's really like a teacher, and it must bring you very present in, yeah. into the present moment. Yeah, it's all to do with the the, yeah. the present moment. You can't think in advance or plan. Yeah. What should we do? Should we do? Yeah. It doesn't work. It, it, you can hear the plant just doesn't click, you know, doesn't click on. If you're not in those projections and you're just in the in pure, pure present moment of presence, truly, it flows incredibly beautifully. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the aim of the play is definitely to have more consciousness for plants and to open mm. up our uh, our minds on, on the the this um yeah the plant world how they can interact with humans and it's we also want it to be a play for children because children sort of grasp that straight away you know you can talk we start talking to children about music of plants they're very excited mm. and curious and they want to try lots of things and they chat to plants it's very different for adults you know mm. but it's great to have uh yeah i think for for both for adults mm. and children it's um We've made it very open in that way. Talking about children, I, th I think I told you this. When I was young, very young, maybe about five, six years of age, there was a there was a program on BBC television called um, Talk with Mother or something like that. 
Um, and one of one of these programs was a um, about two plant pots, and they were called Bill and Ben, oh, the flower pot men, and they each had a plant in them. And then the one in the middle was called Weed. She was a weed. I just I remembered this. She was a weed. And Bill and Ben would talk to each other, bop, bop, weed, bop, bop. And, you know, so when I was young, it didn't occur to me for a minute that plants couldn't talk to each other. So I, just, I grew up believing that plants communicated with each other because that program was so real for me. You know that that, and there's many people of my age who remember Bill and Ben, the flower pot men. <laughs> Do you remember that, Callum? Did yeah, I used to watch that. There was an updated version of it as well. Um, so I had some Bill and Ben toys as well, and uh. I just set a blank there. So plants, <laughs> just to, to say the so plants. Um, that's really interesting because you know it's it's something that's very natural for kids to to just look at that and say yeah of course why why wouldn't they plot but actually like today in the breaking new fields of science they're realizing that plants are communicating communicating hugely by loads of different ways I mean we know about the mycelium now in on the roots but also with um, um, volatile molecules through the air and they're also connected to electric um, fields. So it's like um, all these years later, we're realizing that it is it. It's actually really what's going on. And every day we're discovering more about plants. It's a yeah. It's a breaking. Can, can you say what the mycelium is in the roots? I, I don't know about that. It's like the mushroom network that uh, connect all trees together in a forest, for example. Um, they call it also the wood wide web. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's like um, everything's communicated. If you have a tree one side of the woods, it can be miles and miles away. The tree, uh, the other side of the woods will have the same information that the first one will be giving. So what kind of information, just to give you an idea, is like um, they realize this through... Um, the scientists, I mean, the first ones in France that started talking about this was these people uh, that were studying animals in Africa and uh, they're like big giraffes called kudu and they would eat the leaves of um, acacias and uh, w if the acacias feeling that the that the kudu is, is eating them too much, that they're in danger in, in a way, they send out uh, a message and they start producing um, tannin, tannins. Oh, it's like, is it chemicals? Or? Yeah, it's yeah. molecule chemicals. Yeah, yeah. But it's chemicals, uh, tannin is, is a natural chemical that, that plants have, you know, it's like astringent. I don't know how. Tannin. Tannin. Oh, tannin. Yeah. And so tannin is really bad for kudus. So they feel it. They If they eat too much of it, they, they, they sort of... Yeah, they die or they, you know, they feel that they can't eat anymore. So they go much further. And what they realize is that it, over like 10 kilometers, 10, you know, that area, all the trees are producing tanna. So how did the message get through, you know? It's like it's not just one tree that's feeling attacked and it, and it starts producing these um, molecules. It's all the trees that are starting to produce. And that's been showed also in Cucurbitaceae. Um, yeah, in the little insects. They tell the coccinelle. Yeah, coccinelle, a ladybird. The ladybird. When she eats a little bit of leaves, and uh, so the, um, the plant uh, gives an affirmation so that the ladybird stops eating. Mm. 
and this information is like around three meters but, uh, from the leaves. Yeah. So the ladybird go just three meters away and start ah, again. So it's kind of symbiotic, like you can eat a bit but not too much. Absolutely, it's a balance basically. Mm. And the and the ladybird knows that he has to just go like four meters away and he'll be fine. <laughs> it's so, yeah. And the thing is, it's like, um, wisdom traditions for like thousands of years have been talking about um the sentience of plants and how we can communicate with plants and like we're saying with children or you know with other people a lot of people detect this in their own lives but it seems to have like fallen away from certain societies like maybe a lot of european societies in recent times we've forgotten a lot of this stuff but it's it's really promising that there's like a reawakening of this, mm. partly helped by science. But the thing is, it's crazy that uh, we're discovering these things, like with the mycelial networks, just in recent years. But as humans, we've been surrounded by trees, with plants, we've lived alongside them for thousands of years. But something that's right next to us for so long, we don't know. Mm. these things about them how they're operating for so long so it's like you know we talked about how in the 60s there was so much to discover in outer space that was a whole universe opening but there's a whole universe on our doorstep that's still opening day by day year by year absolutely but we live in the world um in today's world you know like years ago like damien said people did know these things you know and and there were these connections that were made but uh today we live more and more science came like science was a big thing the optics arrived and when people started um realizing that you could see infinite small to infinite big well then it became like the major thing like if you can't see it well it doesn't exist mm. And that that changed so much um, the whole world we're living in, you know, and and um, and so now, yeah, science is finally going into looking really smaller things. Uh, there's a lot of scientists that are studying also like the frequencies that we th we thought the plants didn't emit frequencies they actually do and you know that's a whole other field we're, we're not we're not in the field of we don't listen to the music coming from the plant but from an electric activity yeah. that's translated mm, into music yeah. so because that's that, an, that's mm, another mm. but it's yeah because now there's um, a special microphone and you put in uh, inside the in the pot and you can hear the electric activity of the plants mm. like the some frequencies it's uh, so it's not the same we do it's a uh, it's a clicking sound and you can yeah. hear it the roots do clicking sounds yeah. and it's like frequencies that we don't hear it's, it's a really special microphone but this is like yeah with the whole scientific um, yeah. you know world that that's sort of dominating yeah, yeah this um, this era <laughs> but uh, I really believe we have all this wisdom inside it's just that it's been covered up you know yeah and it's and and even today we can every one of us can connect to it it's just a thing of of opening up another possibility another uh the another reality or it is the same reality but you see what i mean it's just like opening up um another vision on things and with the play that you're doing on wednesday is that a one off performance or is there some is it going to be shown anywhere else 
It's a preview, so because we've only just created, um, it's our first week of creation, so it's a preview, like we call it sortie de résidence in French. Um, it's um, it's to be able to promote this play and play elsewhere. We would love this play to tour in many different places, like in places where people, in small villages and also in halls, in the nature in many different places so that it, it the maximum people can see it <laughs> yeah i think it would also be a wonderful educational tool for young children absolutely yeah that's also of course obvious could set a lot of children onto that path of communi communicating more deeply with plants if they were inspired by it for anyone listening at home who's never communicated with a plant or maybe never even um, taken much time to have any deep experience with a plant. Is there any sort of exercise you would recommend for them or anything you would tell them that they might be able to do if they're curious about this, but they don't really know where to start or what to do? Yeah, um, they can like greet the plant. <laughs> you know, it's just like... Um, having another living being in the room a plant isn't just a thing in the pot it's really a living being so you know as if you were talking to a human what would you what would you say to your plant and then um i have then it's a it's a personal feeling like you feel maybe that oh well i feel like singing i wonder why well it doesn't matter let's just sing and that's maybe just the message, uh, the plant that's giving you a message you know but it's like being confident having confidence in just going with something that uh, your intuition, I mean, it's easy to say like that, but it's basically creating a relation with all these living beings that are around us. Yeah, I find that interesting because I think there's certain songs that would be uh, that you would be inspired to sing from different plants. And I was just thinking that if you were growing a marijuana plant, <laughs> you might Bob be inspired Marley. to sing some Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had an experience, a very interesting experience with um, a marijuana plant on in the summer. Um, what I've realized with these different plants, something that I've realized through this, this summer, we've been playing for a year and a half with a tobacco oh, yeah. plant. And who knows why the tobacco plant is always doing things that the other plants don't do. And they, and it's really surprising us. Like mm -hmm. it's doing complex things and it's very interactive, like much more than others and we think okay that's that's interesting and then uh, we realized this also with um a sage uh but not any sage it's like a white sage that's very sacred to uh, north americans um you must have you've heard of the white sage it's a it's a it's a special plant and i was thinking there's some plants that maybe are very sacred to some people, you know, and it's as if they're bringing wisdom through the music with the, um, I mean, then they're sacred for some people because they, they've really taught them stuff, mm. you know? Uh, so I felt that when we played with the cannabis plant as well, I was like, uh, it was very surprising. It was, it was really very different. 
Um, so I was, I was thinking about all these um, different plants. We did play with this marijuana plant because it was in a pot in front of Yenu. Of, of the venue of the venue yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it was like, okay we try <laughs> okay we try yeah exactly <laughs> and um the interesting thing we've been discovering with uh, jean toby and the scientific team is that uh, he he thinks that the music of plants is more sophisticated compared to the evolution of that plant on earth because if you imagine um, ferns, for example, that have been here for 450 million, yeah, and even before, mm. you know. Um, he noticed that ferns like have a way of doing the melody and expressing a more broader sound from very high to very low pitch than, for example, grass that's much more uh, recent, like that's 90 million, um, years back. So, um, we're noticing differences between their evolution on Earth. And that seems kind of logical because uh, if ferns are still here today, well, I mean, can you imagine everything they've gone through, you know? Mm. They've gone through all these cha different chaoses. They've gone through um, so many different weather mm. changes. And in their DNA, in a way, it's all that um, adaptation um, and growing that they've grown mm. all these years have... Yeah made them more sophisticated in a way. You see what I mean? It's difficult to find the right words in English, but um, yeah. So so that was something that I, was, I often think, oh, depending on the evolution of the plant, yeah, in the world. It's an interesting way of mm -hmm. seeing the music of plants. And also the, the, the nettle have the same uh, electric activity than the blackberry and the hemp. Because they are growing everywhere and mm. quick. Like if you go to in Bulgaria, there's hemp everywhere in the world. Here in France, there's a blackberry everywhere. Mm. And that also it's like, and so the, you can hear the this big electric activity. Mm. In their first signature, when you, yeah. when you plug in the plant first, you hear those signatures and each plant has a really different signature and those ones really come out mm. like yeah. high electric yeah. activity. Because we, normally we, we used to spray with, uh, of water to... Um, Help the conductivity, electric conductivity. So we often have a bit of spray of water for all the other plants. But the nettle, no, because she's so powerful. Doesn't need any water. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. I've heard from Laura that one nettle, each nettle is connected to every other nettle. And to talk to one nettle um, that's different from maybe a nettle that she talked to last year, a nettle plant last year, it's still continuing the same relationship and still talking to the same nettle in a way. So is that to suggest that each of these plants is connected in a, a vast network together? How do you think that that works? Yeah, definitely connected. Like um, a nettle, I've, um, I find, I was <laughs> trying to find my right words. Uh, plants don't live uh, like humans as we sort of define ourselves as individuals, part of a big community. Mm. 
But plants are a community. They don't have individuals inside. Mm. That's what we've sort of learnt in a way from plants and through the music of plants. Yeah, a unity. They're a unity. They're just one. So in a way, when we're playing with one lavender, we played for years with the same pot, uh, lavender pot. And then we changed the pot and it was another lavender and it was responding the, so, the same way to what the first lavender was responding, mm. you know? Um, that happened to other musicians also who play. In Japan, there was a girl, uh, she, she, playing, she, she worked on one year with a Tricertis and um, she's a fa famous pianist and she has to come to play in Paris For the festival for the, of music of plants. plants. But she couldn't bring the Tricertis in the play. So she asked Jean to be, can you bring the Tricertis? I would, tr I would try to do my, the, the, the music I, I, I compose with my Tricertis. And uh, they, they did together, the Tricertis and her, the same uh, music she, she did uh, for one year. In Japan. In Japan. Yeah. And they're two yeah. different plants. Yeah. But they're, so, so it means that for plants, there's no space or time in a way. It's like difficult for us to imagine that, but plants are really connected all over the world. I wonder if maybe humans are in some level as well, but that, that individuality gets in the way of that because I've seen a lot of examples of if there's one invention or discovery in one part of the world yeah, yeah. then it appears in other parts of the world at the same time and sometimes that's with science or maths but other times it can be with art there's a famous example that really blew my mind so do you know dennis the menace so like a cartoon character but there's a british and an american dennis the menace And as far as anyone can prove and as far as records can tell and as far as everyone involved who were behind these comics are concerned, these are two very different Dennises, but they're still like young boys with stripy shirts and there's comics of them. But they were both, they both had their first publication within the same week in the 1950s. Um, one in America, one in Britain, and they both became pretty famous. But people think they're related in some ways, but they're actually completely independent of each other. So we're all part of the same matrix. I think so in some way. It's also kind of like you think of someone and then like a, yeah. a few seconds later you get a phone call from them. I think there's some kind of connection there that maybe we share in the same way that plant networks do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just wondering what you, this is your second time to Fintorn. Mm. I was just wondering what your impression was and what you think of Fintorn. Um, I feel I'm in a very special place. Um, it's um, lovely to meet the different people that are living here. And also the the space, you know, the nature around, like we were walking along the beach and uh, in the dunes and each little plant, when I look at each little plant, I feel really there's something saying hi, <laughs> connection, mm -hmm. connecting, but also because I feel very welcomed, you know, it's like um, everything was so, so... Uh, fluid, um, flowing for us to come here is like I feel that every around me all the time. Mm. 
I really feeling at at home. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna bounce yeah. on to what you were saying about the the connection around the world. Um, just to come back to to the interesting discovery that the music of plants, right mm. at the beginning, uh, there was very little sound, and then it built up. You know, there were more and more sounds over the years. Mm. Well, that happened, they realized that it happened in different places in the world. And today, the music of plant device, there's one, we're using the one from Damanio from Italy, made by um, a company called Solera. But there's a device that exists in America. There's the people in the south of Spain that are also working on these devices. And actually, I realized that there's there's been others as well, you know? Mm. And also that the plants have been kind of learning in a way or accepting to work through those devices because at yeah. the beginning there was very little sounds and now there's loads and, and there's mm. nothing that changed in the device you know it's like the plant says okay you want to speak this way okay you, we use the device also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not okay, okay. <laughs> and how do you think the um what you're involved in making music with plants in this way how do you feel that it connects to the bigger picture of what's going on in planet Earth just now, where we are as a planet just now? Oh, <laughs> it connects. Mm. You, I, I, I don't, didn't understand, but a little bit. Uh, we want, I, I think we, with this music of plant, we want to also to play in the native uh, forest. Mm. And with a lot of native uh, plants, and uh, in the nature, and uh, yeah, to really want to 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 discover everything, to to um, to train, and to to do some nice music and uh, some good fun. Yeah, and it it highlights like um, the how incredible nature is and. All the nature that is here, you know, it it puts uh, the accent on it. Or I don't know how to say it, but just uh, more attention on these uh, beautiful forests that are here mm. on Earth, preserving these places, preserving and being careful to nature. Mm -hmm. That's basically what I think it's yeah, it's connected sure. to. Mm. And another question. Did you both meet through music? How long have you been performing music together? Did you know each other before playing music together? Yeah, we knew each other before. <laughs> we were, we we've known each other for um, since we were children, mm. adolescence children, and uh, then our instruments met before we actually started playing music mm. together, which is quite funny. Damien uh, mm. used to play a little bass and. Um, but he before buying that bass, it was in ah, a this little bass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this little bass was uh, in what is it called? No, no, the ah the uh, exhibition. The, so there ah, were there were exhibitions for musical instrument makers. Yeah, and the harp and the this harpo bass was playing together with from other people yeah so they were like in the exhibition my mom was exhibiting uh, her harps and this uh, luthier that made the little bass uh, philippe verne was 
also in they were friends you know with my mom yeah. and so other people would friends. play a bit of uh, a bit of harp or the bass and then years later we started playing with those two this instruments day. and we realized that they had already met these two instruments anyway it's good yeah, it's okay. it's, it was nice well, yeah well, after we met uh, uh, andre laban and uh, it's a f famous guy uh, in france and um, I, will, i wanted to say thank you uh, to andre because he's uh, He, he gives up uh, for a present the double bass I have now today. Yeah, so we started playing harp and double bass, and that was a whole new, yeah. a whole new world. It was yeah, yeah special. And before we go, is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience? Any three of you? <laughs> I would just like to say it's just a delight to have you here and it's wonderful to hear your music and such an amazing experience to have this opportunity to see you communicating with the plants in this way. Is Callum, in Callum's words, it's quite mind-blowing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for this uh, this moment we've shared together. It's yeah. it's always so interesting and to to realize that we're on the same, you know, we we're on the same uh, wave. Yeah, waves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you for the welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, and everyone listening, please look out for the show Neto and I, directed by Laura Pizzetti, featuring Carida and Alessandro. Geta. Alessandro Guetta and the Nettle of course <laughs> and do you have a website? We have a, a Instagram and Facebook with Damien Kerida K-E-R-Y-D-A and you can discover videos on the YouTube and everything and uh, we're always so happy to Yeah, to, we'd love we'd love to share this more and more so do talk around about it and about this uh Yeah, this one, these wonderful discoveries and communications relations. Thank you, everyone. This has been our Fintorn Barrow episode number 15. Thank you. Yeah.